podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Perfect start. It's a drag race now. It's all about boat speed. It's all on the flight controllers. What a spectacle that CLGP putting on here. This is Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic Sport Podcast. On the 30th and 31st of July, the Great Britain Sail Grand Prix will return to Plymouth for the second year in a row. Nine teams featuring the world's best sailors will battle it out in short, intense races in identical hydrofoiling F-50 catamarans that reach speeds approaching 100 kilometres an hour. They call it the most exciting race on water. I'm Michael. And I'm John. But it's also a sporting event with higher aspirations. As part of this year's Sail GP event, a number of community impact activities will be delivered through the Inspire programme, which is designed to connect young people in the area, not just to sport, but also showcase the importance of sustainability and how sailing can be a force for much good work. So far, Inspire has engaged 8,000 young people globally, with a target of reaching 10,000 by 2025. Uh, look at this. This is seriously NASCAR on water as the foiling F-50s here on Lake Michigan putting on a show. It's Canada, Great Britain, New Zealand out in front. In this episode of Anything But Footy, we're looking forward to seeing Sail GP in Plymouth at the end of July. The British boat will be driven by Sir Ben Ainsley, winner of four Olympic gold medals and one Olympic silver medal. Also part of the crew, an Olympic rowing champion, Matt Gottrell, who we'll hear from shortly. But watching on will be the most successful female Olympic sailor ever. She would have been on the water, but she's pregnant right now. So instead will be in Plymouth in her ambassadorial role with Sail GP. So my name's Hannah Mills, a double Olympic gold medalist sailor and part of the Great Britain Sail GP team. Firstly, Hannah, you won that gold medal. It was a huge relief, but you haven't really stopped since. No, I haven't. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I, I've retired from Olympic sailing um, and I guess generally you think of retirement as time to put your feet up. But, but no, I've been non-stop ever since doing some really cool projects, a lot of sustainability stuff, getting involved with SailGP and the British SailGP team, which is you know, sailing, but in a very different way to the Olympics um, and, and, and getting pregnant. So <laughs> it's all go. I wondered how many retirees are pregnant, just yeah, generally. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I definitely haven't retired. Yeah, Olympic sailing doesn't quite afford that retirement in the early 30s, but um, yeah. But you obviously wanted to carry on and spread the, the sailing word. You are the greatest female Olympic sailor of all time, but you didn't want it just to end there. No, I think... I think um, you know, as, as a female in, in sailing, you know, the Olympics is fantastic because we've got 50-50 in terms of men and women, women split. Opportunities are, are great. But beyond that in our sport, um, there's definitely a big void in terms of, of women in, in professional sailing. So I, I just feel quite lucky that, you know, at the time that I'm sort of coming to the end of my Olympic career, actually some incredible opportunities to try and close that gap in our sport have come up with, with SailGP and their Women's Pathway programme and um, some other great initiatives in, in some of the other big sailing events outside of the Olympics. So it's, it's a really exciting time and hopefully you know, I can lead and pave that pathway so that it is a pathway and, and there is longevity and, and you know, future girls who are starting out their sailing career now have something aspirational to aim to beyond, beyond the Olympics. Because that is something that SailGP are doing, they're making sure that there is that equality effectively. 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, the, the boats that we sail in SailGP are very different to any other type of boat you could sail. You know, the principle is the same, but the way you sail it is different. So it's, it's, um, it's human-machine interfa interface, so we have a flight controller who's basically got a Game Boy controller and buttons everywhere, and so it, it is different, and there's a, there's a big sort of experience gap because women haven't been sailing these boats and they're fast, they're, you know, they go up to 100 kilometers an hour, dangerous, so you have to know what you're doing. So you know, it's really important that we put these steps in place so that we can upskill, we can learn in a safe environment and then ultimately uh, end up with hopefully a, mixed, a fully mixed league. Sail GP, is it Formula One on water or is that too simplistic? No, I mean, I think it's a great analogy. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, it's incredibly fast. Um, the racing's seriously tight because we have boundaries. So, you you know, the boats are all kept together. You've got nine boats racing around at sort of 80 to 100 kilometres an hour. So, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty manic. Um, lots of passing, you know, lots of changing of places, lots of chaos. It's, it's amazing. Like, to, to race on the boats is amazing, but I've done a lot of watching recently, obviously, uh, with, with being pregnant, and, and it's it's just as good to watch. So, yeah, it's, it's very cool. Um, and, and I guess the difference, the main difference with, with GP and Formula One is that there's uh, the boats are all the same. You know, there's no performance advantage to any of the boats, so that keeps the racing really exciting because everyone's got access to the same information, everyone's got access to the same boats. So the great British team is Sir Ben Ainsley's team. Yeah. How did you get involved? Did he just WhatsApp you? <laughs> yeah. Hello, hello, fellow Olympic <laughs> champion. Yeah. Well, um, so SailGP at the start of season two, which was last last season, launched their women's pathway program, um, and so it launched with a series of sort of trials, I guess, for each team to kind of choose the females they wanted to take part. Um, so I went out to the first event of last season in Bermuda, which was a couple of months before the Olympics. Um, trialed, sailed with Ben, you know, got to know the team, did all of that, and then they had various other female athletes coming over the next few months. And then, uh, yeah, and then I got a message from Ben, um, I think the day before the game started, which is cracking timing, uh, to say that we've, we'd love you to join the team full-time after. Only after. if you win a goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was waiting for that bit on the end, but luckily that didn't come. But I did, I did feel that extra little bit of pressure to be like, oh, maybe he'll change his mind if I mess this one up. And then the events are into season three now. Yep. The th Great Britain are third in the table. We've had yep. a couple of events so far, but Plymouth is going to be huge at the end of July, 30th and 31st, the Saturday and Sunday. What, what can people expect if they come down to the Ho? Yeah, yeah. so as you said, 30th, 31st of July, get yourself down to Plymouth. Uh, we've got the SailGP home event there. Um, what can you expect? I, I like to think of, of coming to a SailGP event. It's, it's sort of a family um, festival type vibe, you know. You, you kind of sit outside over the race course in Plymouth on the Ho, where it's a huge grassy bank. Um, there's lots going on, lots to see, lots to do outside of the racing. And then you get the sort of hour and a half of action-packed racing to watch. Um, I like to think it's sort of like a cricket festival, you know, that type of vibe. So it's really family orientated. So yeah, bring bring your families, um, come on down, support the team because we would love the home support. We've seen uh, the American team get a lot of home support recently at, at the American events, and it definitely lifts lifts them and, and pushes them. So yeah, we, we'd love that here. And we saw obviously London 2012 down in Weymouth and a home crowd and the yeah. success that you guys had there as British Sailing. Can you hear it when you're in the boats? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, SailGP is slightly different to the games. In, I mean, at the Olympics, they were quite close to the shore, but this is sort of next level close. We are 
right to there. So yes, at every event we've been to so far, you, you can hear the, the spectators when, um, when you're near, near the shore and it's, it's such a boost, it's really cool. Another thing that's important to you, I know personally, is the sustainability yep. and, and, and SailGP is really pushing that, that climate change agenda and sustainability moving forward. It wants to be a sport known for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, SailGP have kind of led from the front in terms of, you know, as soon as it became a sporting event, sustainability was embedded at its core and I guess when you sort of put yourself out there to try and be the most sustainable sporting and entertainment property out there, um, it's a big statement and so you have to you have to be backing that up with, with real action and, and real stats and real measuring and so the first thing is to understand your footprint and your impact and then the next thing is to understand how you reduce that and if you haven't got the answers, find the businesses and, and the companies that are pushing the technology that you can help promote as well you know by integrating them in, into what you're doing to hopefully accelerate that change and hopefully push innovation to happen quicker which is what we need and that's exactly what SailGP are doing so it's really exciting to be a part of that and, and learn from what they've been doing within our own SailGP GBR team understanding okay well what can we do and how can we do that and so you know for us sustainability is embedded within our team as well and we've got some amazing initiatives with protect our future which is our purpose partner which is all around climate education for young people um, which we're pushing really hard and then also obviously uh, the impact league which is a pretty cool SailGP initiative it's essentially pitting each team against each other uh, in many different areas of sustainability and we're all audited pretty severely uh, so it drives competition that's for sure but also collaboration because you get marked on sort of being collaborative with other teams which is obviously crucial when it comes to solving the climate and nature crisis so yeah there's there's lots of uh, sort of authentic cool things that CLGP are doing and um, you know our, our goal is is to push this into other sports and and push um, the reach of sport, which which is already huge, um, but but widen that into into sustainability and climate change. And you, as we know, are not racing, but you're doing all the hard work, meeting <laughs> yeah. the kids. You're being with all the school children, and, and how how does that feel? Trying to get that next generation involved. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, it's it's funny. I, I'm not sure when I've when I've had my baby and I'm back back racing. I don't know how I'll have time because I'm so busy off the water with, as you say, with all the the sort of impact projects. You know, we go into a lot of schools at all the different locations that we have events. Uh, a lot of sailing clubs, speaking to the young people, and and actually delivering some of the climate education from Protect Our Future to these schools and and getting it out there. Um, so. Yeah, it, it's really busy, but do you know what? There's nothing more rewarding. There really isn't. And, you know, you, you speak to these young people, and, and I remember from being a child and and, uh, and and seeing Ben come and speak about his Olympic experience or, or whatever it is, uh, and thinking that's the moment you make the connection, that that's something I could do. This person's done it. This is their journey. I can relate to that in some way, so maybe I could do it. And, and you really see that um, when you speak to pe speak to young people. Um, or if it's about climate change and, and sustainability, is like, oh, I can make a difference. I can have an impact, and that's so so powerful. Final question: Are you okay? Are you in, are you enjoying <laughs> it? Are you looking after yourself? Yeah, it's important. In, yeah, it, it, you know, it, but it's a it's a great time to be pregnant as well. I understand. That's what my wife told me, anyway. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I love being pregnant. Um, <laughs> no, I mean obviously the end result hopefully is is all all good and, and everything goes goes as well as it can be and, and everyone's fine. But uh, yeah, it, 
I don't, it's, it's twofold, I guess. It's allowed me to focus a lot more heavily on um, spending time, sort of like we've talked about in schools and all of the sort of stuff that comes around SailGP, but I definitely miss sailing and I definitely miss racing. So um, I'm excited to, to get back to that as well afterwards um, when I'm ready and when, I've, when I feel, feel fully recovered. Well, we wish you all the best with your excitement thank that's you. to come. And, uh, <laughs> and thank you for telling us all about SailGP. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. That's John with a great interview with one of our favourite Olympians, Hannah Mills, the Rio and Tokyo Olympic gold medalist, silver medalist from London. I don't know if you've ever seen my social media feed, John, but very, very, very rarely. I mean, it's a very rare occasion. I put this photograph up of me uh, with an Olympian wearing a gold medal that was taken in Rio. And that's actually Hannah Mills' gold medal. I don't know I, I th- if you've ever seen that I think photo. I'm, I think I might have seen it, just a, just you know, just the odd time uh, here and there. But it was great to see Hannah again. She's uh, looking resplendent. Um, and you can see her la- the latest photos on our... on our the, Not the old photo, but you can see there's some latest photos on our social media. But it's great because she's just achieved so much. She's not, as she said, she's not just an Olympic champion, a retired Olympic sailor. She wants to achieve so much more. And... You know, you talk about her achievements. She's founded the Big Plastic Pledge. And when we spoke to Mark England at the Olympic Games in Tokyo last summer, and we asked him about the parameters, if you like, for carrying the flag into the Olympic Stadium at the opening ceremony. And obviously, for the first time last year, there was a male and female flag bearer. He said to us that he was looking for someone or looking for for a male and a female flag bearer, two people that not just had achievements in their chosen sports, but someone that was making an impact outside of sport as well. And I think Hannah Mills obviously was very much for me the right choice to carry the flag into the uh, Olympic Stadium in Tokyo. Backed it up, of course, with that second gold medal as well to make her the most successful female Olympic sailor ever. And now in a new phase of her life with Sail GP. You're listening to a special edition of Anything But Footy, talking all things Sail GP. And don't forget, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Insta, and you can check out our new website as well, anythingbutfooty.com. Now, Sail GP is effectively Formula One on water. Formula One and a bit of E1 because of the sustainability ambitions that we've already talked about. And it was great to go to central London, to the sea containers. What an amazing view I had uh, doing my interviews uh, with Hannah and Matt and and the team from the Sail GP and the British team as well. Uh, So Ben Ainsley was there as well. It was uh, good to say hello to him. But what I find really interesting is that this is a brand new sport, Michael. We're into season three of Sail GP. And they have just huge ambitions. And it's nice. We get so much in the world of sport where angst and have this, why is this decision's been made? Why was this done? Who's doing things that they shouldn't be doing? And what they've done, Sail GP has just come out and said, look, we're doing this. This is our aims. These are our ambitions. We've got world-class athletes uh, all in, involved as well. And we really want you to come and support it and get behind it. And also just have some fun because that's the other thing. It is a sport and it is spectacular and it's going to be amazing. Well, actually, let, let's not hear me uh, talking about it, uh, particularly from Plymouth Hoe. But we, we talk to everyone about what it's going to be like in Plymouth. And I caught up with 2016 Olympic rowing champion, now Sail GP sailor, Matt Gottrell. The obvious question is, how do you go from being a rowing Olympic champion to being a grinder, <laughs> which I have no idea what means. You'll have to tell me what that means as well. Yeah. But on a sailing team. Uh, yeah, no, when you say like that, it's fairly 
far-fetched. There is some logic in the, in the madness, I guess. Um, firstly, the well, the two roles are both very physical, so years of being beaten by a stick in the rowing world kind of lends itself well to being fairly fit and and that kind of in this world is, is quite helpful but for me I, I started sailing as a kid I was eight years old it was kind of my hobby as I was growing up uh, I wanted to go to the Olympics sailing I spent two years full-time sailing after after school trying to get selected for I mean then it was around Beijing but I was aiming for London really and there was a lot of competition as you can imagine there's always is in British sailing fairly successful so I was definitely at the bottom of the pile there and I thought I should probably go and get a degree at some point as a, a full back and it was then when I started rowing so kind of rowing took off quite literally and ended up going to Rio in four years or six years later after starting rowing and the dream was always to go back sailing eventually so it's kind of it, the world kind of works in those weird ways and thankfully now sailing is the boats have changed so much there's a high performance element to it it is a very physical role that of a, a grinder as you say uh, which is now moving into cycling basically it was arm based like you're producing watts with your arms basically and we're now looking at using the bigger muscles in legs which again lends itself to the rowing training so I've been quite fortunate to find myself back in the sailing world after yeah, a little hi hiatus in, <laughs> into rowing. So how does the call come about? Because you, you won that gold medal in, in Rio, and what, you then get a phone call from Sir Ben saying, no. would you like to join the team? <laughs> Ironically not. Um, I actually got in touch with the team in 2015 before Rio with the intent of moving over, but it didn't really work out. They weren't that interested at the time, and uh, I kind of, pardon the pun, thought that ship had sailed and it was move on to other things. So I actually um, started working, using my degree as an engineer. I was working at Rolls-Royce, and it was the contacts that I knew from when I was 17, 18, who were getting involved in this event, GP, for the first season. They said they were looking for someone to come on, be on the boat, be a kind of big physical role in the front. And uh, they wanted someone who kind of come from that high performance environment. And I kind of fitted the bill with my sailing background. So, uh, yeah, I just got reached, reached out to from those guys. And it was, yeah, that's where it all started. So I was very fortunate, but it was one of those things where the, the door opened and I leapt through and uh, yeah, ended up getting in touch with Ben and Ineos and the America's Cup further down the line so yeah it's, uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Tell us about the boats because they're huge aren't they? They're catamarans but they're huge aren't they? Yeah I mean they're 50 foot long which um, sounds big but when you're on it they I do feel like go-karts so yeah they're 50 foot long the wings are kind of 30 meters so it's yeah there's, they're big boats but there's five six people on board uh, they go up to 100 kilometers an hour we're looking for so you imagine you've got nine of those racing around a course. Uh, the races are 15 minutes long. It is all action. It's kind of like a, we liken it to Formula One, but on water. So um, it is pretty mad to think that these boats can go three times the speed of the wind. And then, yeah, you put nine of them together. There's a lot of action. And uh, yeah, they're, they're amazing to see. I mean, you see videos and we, it's all broadcast live. But when you see them up close and personal, you really get a different perspective on, on what it's all about and the technology involved. and and just yeah where the sport's going it's, it's revolutionary for the sport of sailing it's um so different to the traditional ways where you see people sailing offshore for hours you don't know what's going on and someone comes back and has a medal around their neck this is like all action you've got cameras on board you hear all the com comms from all the people sailing and uh yeah there's never a dull moment so if people are going to come along and see the event the sail gp event in plymouth on the weekend of the 30th and 31st of july what can they expect to see from the home i mean it's actually 
Although we go all over the world, we go Sydney Harbour, San Francisco, we in Chicago last week. I mean, honestly, I'm saying this as an athlete there, it's probably one of the best places to watch this sort of event. Uh, you're up high on the home, surrounded on the green, you can sit down, bring a picnic, big screens, but also you just stand up and you look out on the water and you you get an amazing view of the race course that you wouldn't get anywhere else really. Um, and just to see, we have boundaries to keep the boats close together and because of the the great kind of sailing fraternity we have in the UK, people bring their boats down and it's kind of creates this natural race course. So we've got kind of fans surrounding the course, fans up on the land. It is an amazing experience for us as athletes to be involved in and to watch it and to see this last year it was just before restrictions lifted. So we've never really seen it as full potential. So this year, I mean, I'm really excited to get down there again and get racing. And I think any fans involved who you're not sure what to expect from sailing, you've never really watched it, come, come down and watch because you will be blown away by what this sport is turning into. And, and Sir Ben Ainsley's the skip, the captain, it owns the, 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 the team as well. But he's from Cornwall, isn't he? So this gives him an advantage, surely, at Plymouth. <laughs> well, I think well, a lot of everyone on board has sailed a lot in the UK. Um, and these boats, I mean, it's very different to how you learned to sail growing up. I learned to sail growing up on lakes up in the, mid, in the Midlands. And uh, yeah, it's all very different. It's, it's a different world, really. So uh, yeah, local knowledge is, is always good, but the race courses are so small and it's more about boat on boat stuff and just learning from our experiences. And yeah, we've had a good start to the season now. So we're trying to just bring that through to Plymouth. We haven't had a win yet this season, so it'd be a great place for us to go about it. And yeah, the home crowd is definitely a big factor for us. I mean, we're so close to the land that you can actually hear the crowd ooing and ahhing as you go around the course so a few cheers from that will definitely uh, keep us going and hopefully we can you know, get a race win when we get down there but yeah I mean especially for Ben and Hannah as well being not only the greatest sailors this country's ever seen but the greatest sailors <laughs> the world's ever seen Olympic level to have them racing on the same team in home waters and we yeah it's, uh, it's a fantastic opportunity for us as a nation to kind of show what we can do. Well, Matt, we wish you all the best of luck. Thank you so much for talking to Anything But Footy. No problem. Glad to be here. 2016 Olympic rowing champion turned sail GP sailor Matt Gottrell speaking there to John. As we've already heard, Sail GP is so much more than just a world-class sporting event. It's a series of events also looking to help bring awareness to the big issues of our generation. Sustainability, climate change, rising sea levels and plastic pollution, to name just a few. Hi, I'm Fiona Morgan, the Global Director of Purpose and Impact at CellGP. You've set yourself an incredible target of being the most sustainable, the most greenest, the best sport. Is it an achievable target? Of course it is. I think, you know, you have to set yourself these goals and try and go for them. And, you know, in climate change, in everything we're facing at the moment, we need to be ambitious and brave. And that's where I think sport can play a role. And that's really important to me in CellGP. Because speed is often seen as nothing to do with, um, when you see from Formula One, it's really nothing to do with the environment. Yeah, I think, you know, we're the fastest racing on the water and actually being on the water and being a sailing league, that really means a lot to us. I think our athletes see the issues. The ocean is like an artery for climate and for the planet. And we feel like we're like guardians of the ocean. And so I think sustainability is embedded in what we do and actually very credible for us to, to really act and be responsible for it. Is that actually easier then, that the sailors are kind of on board? They get it. You see from Hannah, Hannah Mills and, and the work that she's done for, for the planet and she's on part of your team, that actually they're on your, they're on your side. Yeah, I think so. I've worked across lots of sports, Formula One, golf, tennis, in sustainability. 
And I do think sailing and any water sports, I think we can lead the way because of the credibility, like you said, and the athletes just have a different understanding. You know, our boats are powered by nature, so they're powered by the wind and by solar. Solar, the batteries are powered by solar. And, you know, the athletes really have to understand nature and embrace it. And so climate change, you know, the, the issues that we're having, they feel really strongly about it because their sport is massively affected by that. And, you know, where we race is not going to be the same. Sea levels are rising. You know, we're not going to be able to race where we want to. And I think our athletes just feel that, you know, we're, we're involved in that. Sport is a big part of kind of inspiring people about climate change and doing things differently. And yeah, we're guardians of the ocean, definitely. And SailGP has been very vocal about its, its achievement, or its, its aims, as you rightly say, and it's working with lots of different people to, to do that. Is it something that you think people will get on board with? Or is it a long road? You're, you're two, three years into this project. I love getting on board. Always love a sailing pun. Um, <laughs> No, I think being a new sport, you know, we're very like, you know, extreme or these new sports that have formed, we can have purpose at the heart. And I think, so we're starting differently. We're not a heritage sport that takes a few years to kind of, you know, kind of get the big um, ship around. And so, no, we are acting now and we're collaborating massively. So we've got NGO partners, we've got suppliers and... I think the big thing you'll see is we're not scared to fail. So we have, you know, our, our temporary power supplier, Greco. They're innovating with us more than any other sport, more than golf, more than any, more than the Olympics, because we don't, we're not scared to lose. We're like trial new technologies. We want to be at that forefront of tech and sustainability. And then actually, what is doing is then it's showing other sports it can be done. So you know, our broadcast, we do our broadcast on clean energy. You know, we have backup generators, but we're like, you know what? We want to show that it can be done. So I think we're making massive impacts because we're brave, you know, and we're trying things differently. So when people come to Plymouth at the end of July, that weekend, they're going to see something different, effectively. Yeah, I mean, this will be the, the greenest event we've probably ever done from a power perspective. So when they arrive at the fan village, you'll see big solar arrays, and that's going to power the whole fan village and most of the event. And they'll see Beyond Meat Burgers. You know, we'll be having sustainable options in our, you know, in... Um, in our fan village and they'll see communication. We're gonna to try to educate people about how they can act differently, working with partners like Sky and Sky Zero to, to give fans like small changes they can make. You know, what do you eat? Who powers your home? You know, how did you get to the event? What's clean transport mean? I think our job at Sport is to educate fans and help them be more sustainable in the way they act. But also you worked with Team Sky in a, in a previous life. It is about putting on world-class sport as well. Yeah, and that's what SailGP is great. We've got a brilliant product. We are definitely the, the best racing on the water, most exciting. And, you know, please come down and watch it or watch us on YouTube or Sky Sports because, you, you know, it's not sailing. It really isn't. It's racing. And so we've got this amazing product, which means we're at the top of, you know, of, of our sport as well as sustainability. So, you know, I always say we're like Formula One and Formula E mixed together. You know, we're both of it. You know, we're not just a sustainable sport campaigning. We're a brilliantly great product and we have the top athletes in the world at, you know racing against each other and they're so competitive and I, I hope that other sports see that we're doing both it doesn't need to be one or the other and you've got the experience you've as I say worked at Team Sky but you also work with Sky with their huge climate change project as well yeah I'm so proud of that I mean Sky I think lead the way in the media industry and one of the first you know biggest campaigns I've done is Sky Ocean Rescue and I think what that showed is that, you know, we work with sport a lot in that. How do you engage people in climate, in plastics, but use sport and then engage people and do it differently? And I think what Sky do well is communicate. And actually, we all know that half the issue in climate change is, I think, a 70% of the world want to.
to change. They don't know how to. And 70% want to, but they don't understand it. So, you know, if we just explain, what does even climate change mean? What's 1.5 degrees? What do I have to do? One change we can make. If we can do that as sport, that's winning. And, um, you know, today there was some research that we showed at the event here, and it said that people listen to athletes way more than politicians and scientists. So I think we have a duty and, you know, we have a voice that people will listen to. And, you know, people follow sport and people love ambassadors and follow their, you know, their favourite sports people. And that's what we want to do, drive that change. And after your experience at Ocean Rescue, I suppose sailing was the obvious choice to go next. I know. Yeah, we did actually at Ocean Rescue sponsor Volvo Ocean Race and we had a, the boat called Turn the Tide on Plastic. And yeah, I think that's when I first understood sailing and sustainability and how brilliant, like you said, how engaged the athletes are and how what a brilliant platform it is. And so, yeah, I mean, when SailGP came along, I think what I loved is the ambition. You know, being from Sky, we're very ambitious, you know, very kind of, you know, that challenger brand. And SailGP said, right, we want to do things differently. You know, here you go. And so I kind of was able to come in and drive that change and do things like the Impact League, which no other sport in the world is doing. Final question then, in 10 years time, where does SailGP want to be? And where does the world need to be, probably more importantly? Yeah, well, the world needs to be operating differently than it is right now. So the world needs to be more conscious about the environment and just, you know, consuming less and just I think I think we'll get there and I think half sports job is painting the great picture of the world can be a great place in 10 years more sustainable actually is great a bit like you know with COVID everyone got to kind of go rewild and go back to nature and slow down that's the world we need to live in I hope CellGP will be kind of a beacon in sustainability in sport, you know, brilliant racing product, racing everywhere, spreading the flag for sustainability, flying that flag and, you know, our athletes are the most sustainable in the world. So that's where I hope we are. Well, Fiona, thank you so much for talking to us. Wish you well uh, down in Plymouth at, at the end of the month and uh, thanks again for talking to us. Thanks very much. Fiona Morgan from CellGP there speaking to John as we look forward to a really big sporting event coming to Plymouth on the 30th and 31st of July. It's the Great Britain Sail Grand Prix. To make sure you get yourself down to the natural amphitheatre that is Plymouth Sound, it's an area famed for its rich maritime history. And now, as we said, looking forward to welcoming world-class sailing too with SailGP. As John said, it's Formula One on water. And you can buy your tickets at their website, sailgp.com. Look at the fans on the shoreline there. What a great shot that is. What a spectacle that SailGP putting on here. Sports Social Podcast Network.